welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and the guy the kids say in hushed tones is named the Candyman? Alex Dandino. It's all about POV with this movie, guys, so before today's... Just sweet, delicious, delectable episode. A little business. Everyone, it's official. We're on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Pod. The best way to help us grow this show, everyone. We appreciate so much those of you who already help us do that. Thank you. Thank you. We have an amazing community over there we built. Uh, you get a chance to also kind of help guide the ship of the show. That, I think, is one of the most underrated aspects of the Patreon. The coolest. So we put out a poll, right? We let our patrons vote on the uh, Patreon-exclusive episodes they want to hit the library. We have a big library over there now. We've got many series on some TV shows and other stuff that we're watching. We're always coming up with ideas for that. we got feature-length commentaries, all kinds of awesome stuff over there. So again, that's patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. If you can, if you would be so kind, you want to come join our community, help support the show we would appreciate it. Thank you for those of you who already do that. Love you. We work very hard over there to make that fun and worth your while. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, the email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. The YouTube, Film Alchemist. We're on all the socials you're on. Help us hit all the metrics and all that such stuff that we're supposed to be doing all the time. We appreciate it. Make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews wherever and everywhere you find uh, podcasts. That helps us out as well. And if you'd be so kind, let a movie-loving friend know specifically what we're up to. Text, DM, actual talk to someone in the real world if that's your thing nowadays. Uh, however you do it, let them know we're here, and we'll take it from the All right. A high-octane, sugar-fucking-infused episode. I actually continued to uh, eat my kids' candy while they were in bed just to get prepared for this. Diabetes be damned. Today we're talking about, this month, the pod uh, has dessert. The pod has its desserts, right? We got mucky and grimy. A little, uh, we got the meat sweats from last, the Halloween October Mega Marathon. Yep. With Texas Chainsaw. We had the meat sweats. We wanted something sweet, delectable, right? Treats for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, Alex brought to the table today, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I think this month is actually a really fun curation because one has two five-star movies. Which I don't know that we've ever had a month like that where I had two five-star movies that was in October, maybe. I think my other one was we had uh, when the pod joins the band. That month was really good. That was, that was pretty That was month. Sing Street and Hedwig. That might have been the last time yeah. this happened. But this month with Rocky Horror and Willy Wonka, two five-stars. Two movies I absolutely adore and mean the world to me. The other thing I thought was fun, right, is in the Rocky Horror episode, we talked about how Frankenfurter to me is one of the most perfectly cast, iconic, it'll never be done better, right? I know a lot of people on Broadway say there's other Frankenfurters, but to me, it's just Tim Curry as that icon, right? Right, right. Top five movie roles I would never want to see done by anyone else, right? Mm -hmm. Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka is on my top five. Yeah. I think this is one of the most perfect performances ever committed to film we also have proof positive it's the only real version of because they've done this again and it didn't work out yay see johnny depp kind of like gene wilder read and he's like i totally understand the assignment right perfect johnny depp was like the kid who was like looking over his shoulder trying to copy and he's like i don't want to do it exact but like i'll put my own thing on it so johnny they don't know depp it's a carbon it. copy johnny depp read it while watching a documentary about while watching like a documentary about michael jackson he's like oh okay i get it he's, he's a creep like, oh, okay. no augustus augustus you're ignorant, augustus. Oh, you're ignorant. You're ignorant. yeah it's kind of got a little more uh michael slash Dahmer vibe to it yeah a lot of Dahmer. like it reminded me of that Garth Marenghi's Dark Places where it's like, I know writers who use subtext. They're cowards, right? That was the Tim Burton, uh, Willy Wonka, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, whatever. Like, Gene Wilder in this movie is fucking flawless, perfection. One of my favorite performances ever. The sets are stunning. I don't know that the songs are great, but you forgive them. Um, I'm struck even by how much... I adored Charlie Buckets again. One of the things about it was really fun. 
was I used to watch this movie religiously, dude. Same. This same. was like a trailer this park was classic one, for us. This is one of the this we is would one of watch the VHSs this I had. Over, yeah, over and over and over and over. And that, you know, live in a world of pure imagination, right? Someday it's all going to work out for you, kid, right? It's going to be fine. Granted, we weren't good kids like Charlie, but like, you know, yeah. we liked the message. I watched it with my kids, and I was like, it it meant the world. Like, watching it with my kids, it was really emotional for me. Right. Um, They picked up way more on the this guy's a creep vibes than I thought they would. I thought they'd have that little period, like when I was a kid, where you're like, Wonka can do no wrong. They immediately thought he was creepy and scary. Right. Um, But all in all, just such a wonderful, beautiful blend of things that uh, really helped cement my cinematic language. Uh, So, Alex... Opening thoughts on Willy Wonker. I mean, I'm not sure I could have put it better myself. Like, Gene Wilder's perfect, and this is one of those movies that just grows. It's It changes as you grow up because, yeah, when you're young and, like, when you're a dumb kid in the 90s, like, yeah, you're not paying attention when you're watching this VHS. You're like, whoa, look at all the giant candy, and it is, like, this wonderful Oh, my spectacle. God, the sets in this movie are fucking unbelievable. Um, like, Hard to even fathom how beautiful these yeah, sets are. Like, this is, like, just, it's just art department candy. And you're like, this is so yeah. cool. So, you're like, oh, that is so Could awesome. you name, like, three other, like, movie sets you'd rather walk around? No, to be honest with you. Like, this like, is, like, like, maybe Jurassic Park, but that's, like, CGI. Like it's But just, even, like, which set? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like this, this is one amazing. is, like, I was like, maybe the Death Star. Maybe. Like, maybe, but that's not fun. That's just like, wow, it's start Like, this that's is just like, like the vastness. This is like fun. Yeah. Like, you're just watching it. Mm. Like, that inventing room scene. Or not the, no, the chocolate room is just incredible. Oh, like, dude. And I mean, unbelievable. of all the songs, like, I don't think many of the songs are very good in this movie. Um, no. That Pure Imagination song is a fucking banger, that, though. If that was the only song. That was the only song. You're like, because it's this thesis, right? Yeah. And again, you just show someone that clip, right? Who doesn't want to live in a world of pure imagination? Granted, the only thing we seem to be imagining is it's just parents and adults like, let's just be gluttonous as fuck. Let's be gluttonous little shits. Let's just be tooth and just stomach and buttholes and just, yeah. Just shiftless little shit pigs shoveling Yeah, candy he's making mouths. umbrellas and having a teacup, and they're all just like, Rah! they're just fucking going ape shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But that song, right, the, the message of that song Right. What he's trying to tell them is they're not listening. Yeah. Gene Wilder, it's this perfect like he is this kind of magical, whimsical figure, but he has this perfect balance of melancholy in that moment Mm -hmm. that so sums up that performance. Great. I'll tell you something that pissed me off this time. The songs were bothering me a lot. Right. First off. Cheer up, the Charlie. cult leader. Let's all sing a song about the candy man. Can yeah, put you that. in his van and run away. That's tell me bad. That guy is not a creep. That like, yeah, the guy who owns that store, when, dude. When you're he's older, got... <laughs> when you're older and you watch this movie, it, that that is the thing that's like perennially changing. Is when you're older and you watch this movie, it's a fucking straight up horror film. Like there is it... no doubt about it. That's a common read. I actually just think it just reminds us of like. How shitty the seventies must have been, right? Like, yeah, I know people I'm are like sure. boomers are always like, "It was cool, man," because we were young. And I was like, "I've seen you old, yeah. right?" You ever just meet old people? And it's like, I bet you mostly sucked as you were young. It's you just not had only like that. knee There's movement. Also, things in this movie, like when I was a kid, that I just did not fully grasp. And like when you're an adult now, you're like, like I think the case in point is always Grandpa Joe. That's okay, always the. We gotta that's stop real the, quick though. I want to get back to these fucking songs. We got we got talking to do about fucking Grandpa Joe. Fucking dickhead. I think there's something about the movie that I had underrated, right? Which was how absolutely magnetic and charming a performance Charlie is giving in this movie, right? Sure. I think this really illustrated something I hated, though. The Candyman song is all about like, yeah, let's just have candy and whimsy. We cut outside. He's sitting out there like fucking Oliver Twist. Yes. Tiny oh. Tim just looking through the bars. It's like, get back to your job, bitch. And then he goes home. He's got a fucking like, oh, I used my only pay to buy you bread. And it's like, oh, God, bummer. Yeah. You know, like, and then Grandpa Joe's tobacco. We'll get back to him. But the start of the movie are just these songs of like possible whimsy, but they're just reinforcing how shitty... The song that is the worst, like one of the worst cinematic crimes of my life is the song Cheer Up, Charlie. Cheer Up, Charlie. 
idiot. Twofold. Hate that. Because one, the lyrics of that song are fucking bullshit. Yeah. Absolutely. Like one, what the fuck does Charlie have to be cheering up for? Yeah. Life is constantly human centipeding into Charlie's mouth, and yeah. he's just supposed to keep being a great and dude. Th- he like he gets mocked to- in class. Like yeah. his teacher insults him for having two bars. Yeah. He's working his uh, you know little fingers to the nubs. So that he can fucking, you know, give Grandpa Joe bread and tobacco and then change their fucking bedpans. You can smell that house, right? So The other thing that's bad is his mom, who's the most put upon person in the movie. His mom just leads this really miserable existence of, hey, go stir laundry with a fucking whore. Yeah, just smell cooking laundry all day. Right, so your kid can come in and be like, hey, thanks for us being poor. Now I can't have the last golden ticket. And she's just like, Man, I wish he'd cheer up. And she sits there in melancholy, has to go back to her fucking laundry bucket, then go home and change out four fucking bedpans, wipe down bed sores, right? Change the fucking sheets and pillows, which if you've ever seen nurses do that, that's a lot, especially a lot. in a four-person conjoined king. Um, the mom is the worst life ever. I don't know that you can pick a worse person, right? No. Maybe. She's in the running, though. This is a fucking horrible existence. She's just saying, I hope my kid keeps his naivete yeah. and believes things will be all right a little longer until he's working shoulder to shoulder with me. Right. Then Charlie actually fucking gets a golden ticket and they start singing the, I never thought that life could be. And mom is literally not even in a shot as Grandpa Joe's freeloading ass starts dancing. <laughs> Mom's not in the background of a shot smiling and clapping. Because she must run into the corner to weep. Yeah. she's just like, Charlie has failed me. Charlie has betrayed Charlie never, me. Charlie has a good life yeah. now. And then at the end, she comes in. She's like, it's tomorrow. I better get Grandpa Joe's old ass clothes ready. God. I mean, but this is the thing. The songs in this movie are these whimsical fucking flights simply to reinforce how fucking shitty a life the buckets have. Yeah. Which maybe is exactly the point. But now the songs fucking piss me off. Like, it puts me in, like, adulting where I'm just fucking mad. Well, that Cheer Up Charlie song is just an atrocity. I mean, like, that I've is fucking never been more horseshit. Angry. Yeah, it's a bullshit. The world is your toy? That's a lyric of that song. Charlie, the world's your toy. Like, have you? What kind of toy? A yeah. fucking gigantic dildo. <laughs> Unlubed. Just. Yeah. Just you didn't say, yeah, it's a sex toy. It's like the sex toy that John Doe had made in Seven with the giant fucking yeah, exactly. scimitar on the end. Cheer up, Charlie. Yeah. Shut up. You're the toy box, Charlie. Get ready, boy. It's like he's got nothing it's to just, cheer up about. It's such a stupid like it's just like such the it's such the wrong sentiment and also kind of irrelevant. Like well, it is this a, very American, like, hey pores, be cool. It is. Because someday your like, golden ticket's really, coming. It's like no It's a really specific American <laughs> thought is like, oh, we should be happy, right? We should be happy with what we have. I'm like, cabbage water. That's what you like. You should just be psyched that right. you're eating cabbage all the time with no, four I, bedridden I people. I totally just... think people should be <laughs> when you say smell- appreciative of what they have, and someone's probably always got it worse. That. Absolutely. There's also a moment in life where you can sit there and go, "Man, I am. I got a raw deal. I got it pretty bad." Like Charlie, Charlie's mom. Imagine. I want an entire movie, right? Like I just want Lars von Trier to make an exploration. Of the morning from when Charlie and Grandpa Joe go to the factory until they come back whenever they choose to. They're just floating around a glass elevator. Yeah. What is Charlie's mom thinking as she's just fucking sitting in that house for the day? Yeah. This is the other thing. Do you think Grandpa Joe is dad's dad? Ooh. See, I've always been curious about this. I'm not. Grandpa Joe's got to be dad's dad. I'm not sure. Because if Grandpa Joe wasn't the biggest fucking piece of shit in movie history, he 100% should have said, Charlie, take your fucking mother. Give her a day off and take your mother. I've always, I think, assumed that it was her dad. There's no way my wife's dad would say, hey, I know I've been laying here for 20 years doing nothing but talking shit, right? Rocking the proverbial four-post boat. Right, while well, your mom fucking struggles for this existence. Dad, take take me and not her. I assume it's her dad because she calls him dad specifically. No, because, I mean, my wife will call my mom mom sometime. I This is the thing. Well, I'll do that, that with my That cannot be the case. He's literally like, you know what I'm going to do? 
walk a factory tour with atrophied little fucking chicken legs. Well, I mean, look. Trying to do it, like, The logic aside, Grandpa Joe is- Logic aside. The truest villain of this film. Grandpa Joe looks at his daughter and says- you got more years of fucking toil yeah. and dog shit ahead. Yeah. You but you'll to... be eating chocolate. That's fine. No way. No fucking way. Like, if this were me and those were my kids, I'd be like, I'm old. I've been on death's doorstep. They have not left the bed. This is a nugget they throw into the movie. This is a specific scientific fact. <laughs> they have not moved from that bed in 20, 20 years. fucking years. So there is no reason to expect that Grandpa Joe has even another five years left. You ever thought about this? I don't know. Like I again, it's one of those things. Like when you get older and you watch these movies, like we like we were doing here, like we're applying logic to this situation, which is absurd. <laughs> but it's funny because otherwise, you know, when you're older, it's not as entertaining. But like when he decides to get out of bed, it just like flings the cover over. Yeah, I was like, the cloud of stench wafts right <laughs> into mom's face, drying the tears. She's taken aback, and the tears crust on her face. And yeah, she's like, "Well, I got to change him again." Oh, look, he's dancing and sprinkling shit particles all over the floor, dude. It's it's insane. Grandpa Joe has to be the dad's. Just waiting for just like red puffy dad. feet. Like red puffy yeah. feet just filled up. Oh my god! <laughs> right? She's like, well, now I got to deal with that flare. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. That's the thing. He must have been dad's dad who thinks that, unless, unless all four of them are her grandparents, and all four of her grandparents just lived. But to me, this reeks of dad's dad, and he's like, that bitch sent him to an early grave. <laughs> right? Like, I'll have my revenge. Because we see that Grandpa Joe is a spiteful, revenge-seeking man. Obviously, There's just, there's no universe in which I look at my son or my daughter and go, you have worked so hard to take care of me, your mom, your other two elderly people, raise Charlie, right? Like, they've raised Charlie so well that at every turn he makes the right decision. Except for when Grandpa Joe specifically says, let's fucking break let's the rules. Let's fucking break the rules. And- yeah, for soda. Of all the things at Wonka's for, factory, you want to try a fucking sip of soda? soda? So Charlie does the right thing at every fucking turn. So mom is raising him right. She's writing fake fucking songs about Charlie cheering up that are really for her so she doesn't fucking drown herself in the laundry water. And Grandpa Joe sees her toil every day and says, you know what? The memory of this day could carry her for another 40, 50 years. Right? Because when this is over, I think this is the thing I really had forgotten about the movie. When this is over, there's no fucking prize coming except for all the chocolate you can eat. Right? That's right. what they're going to get. So not only are we saying that you're impoverished, right, to the point, crippling poverty. Now you're going to also be so fucking morbidly obese <laughs> that you can't do laundry. Forget, Your teeth like, are going to fall Charlie, out. Well, you're going to have diabetes. To begin with. But like <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> Dude, just grows on. up to be jaws and balls. Charlie literally has two teeth going into the factory. Like, what's he going to eat? Yeah. I know what's not in Charlie's buckets. Fucking <laughs> 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 teeth. No. I mean, the idea. Think of this, though. This is the idea of the movie is that while they are under the fucking yoke of crippling poverty, now we're just going to say, hey, can't afford food. Eat a fucking ton of chocolate. Right. Eat a ton of chocolate and like. Again, these so that are people, you can have even more medical maladies than you already. These are people who something. haven't like actually like when I like this time watching, I was like, mm, the chocolate room scene is kind of terrifying when you think about it because Grandpa Joe and Charlie haven't seen that much food in years. So oh, Grandpa good, Joe has the runs immediately. Yeah, there's a good chance the like, first time he tastes like nougat, they'll die. Yeah. Soft nougat hits his old fucking <laughs> just slaughterhouse. He's spray shitting everywhere. <laughs> Like, Grandpa Joe is spray shitting his way through cabbage this water, entire valley. Cabbage water. Yeah. I've been living on literally just bread and tobacco for 20 years, <laughs> right? I just started moving, so my whole track is shifted, and now I'm just going to be full of fucking okay. nougat That's and gummy like bears. So, at the very beginning when they're, like, talking, so when he comes in with his loaf of bread, proving that Charlie is, like, the only good person in the entire movie, um, 
like, also, Grandpa Joe, here's a dime. I'm getting your, I'm going to buy your tobacco. And I goes, oh, no, I'm giving it up. I'm like, well, today, because your grandson was like, hey, I'm going to start buying yeah. your one vice. Oh, you'll take mom's money that could have gone to buying Charlie's diapers? No, that's but, fine. No, 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 Thanks, okay. Grandpa, for your fucking sacrifice. <laughs> Thank you for your service, Grandpa Joe. What, like, what an absolute, like, piece of shit, Grandpa. <laughs> He's like, you know why? Because I tell Charlie titty jokes at night when mom's passed out from working to the <laughs> bone. That's going to win. 18-hour <laughs> days at the, at the laundry scrubbers or whatever i mean whatever like the laundry cookers whatever it is that she does is yeah it, is it's just what... a horrible the the setup of this film like the ending of that movie where charlie gets nothing but just the prize yeah is like one of the saddest what ifs in movie history the bucket's just fucking dying an even quicker more horrendous death <laughs> Their corpses, their bloated corpses rolling down the hill after five days when no one's found them. Neither here nor there. It's like it's neither like, here nor there. It's like a song. I actually like think that the way Yeah, it's a song. Read a song about that, Charlie's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Please breathe, Charlie. <laughs> Please, Charlie, breathe. We can't afford a CPAP. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I looked into CPAP. That shit's expensive. I got the test. Neither here nor there. Charlie. Yeah, Charlie, take it from your fellow fats here, me and Alex. <laughs> it is not all it's cracked up to be. Um, let's talk about this. I actually think the way they deployed Charlie and his nice deeds is really like an underappreciated mom. Like him just like he gets his birthday chocolate and he's just like, hey, I want to share it with everyone first. Every moment they just do these really nice kind of saves the cat, like, you know, show good deeds of Charlie. We kind of talked about that. Reiterate that. I think the the world they build in this film is the real MVP of the start of this movie. Absolutely. The news coverage, the cutaways Dude, to Wonka okay. Mania. I mean, so I had forgotten how, because I think when you get away from it, I hadn't watched it in a long time, mm -hmm. I realized. And as a younger viewer, I don't you're think that stuff settles on you. You're young because you don't understand like what the adult things that are happening are. But like right. you just you don't realize because there's a scene when the news reporter's like, "This is us. This is the states of our world." And it's just like Wonka trash everywhere. Yeah. Like it's 28 days later when he comes out of the hospital. Yeah, this part of the movie is so it, amazing. It like land, just it landed so really incredible that really adds a layer as you get I older. Could not stop laughing at the scene with the ransom thing. That was like the funniest. Th I was tell like, him I'll give him anything. He wants your bar. Your he wants your case of Wonka bars. How long do I have? This to is think your about husband, it? lady. Can I have a day to think? Can I have a day to think about it? <laughs> like you're like, oh my god, yes, yeah, dude. How about when they're doing the auction and they're about to make a ton of money and they're just like, the queen, oh your majesty. They're literally going to take even more advantage of the citizenry <laughs> and abuse the crowd just to get Wonka bars. That is incredible. Yeah. We're seeing political corruption. Uh, like, that's the scene Charlie's mom talks about. She's like, dude, there's five billion people in the world. She's like, even these people with gobs of money aren't getting a ticket. It is kind of a, you see this mania, this frenzy to get these tickets. It's, it's also a wild thing because I think we often forget we're talking about a fucking chocolatier. Like, I was like, who's our, like, rich, eccentric guy that people are, like, way too into? And I was like, Elon I guess Musk. Elon Musk. It's gotta be. But it's like, that's a red flag. Like, if you know anyone who's, like, way too into Elon Musk, you're like, well, I'm not hanging out with him socially, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> right? If Elon Musk is like, I'm doing a golden ticket raffle, I'd be like, no, that's a cult. That's a suicide cult. Don't. Like, none of us would, like, join in. Right? We would only lose people that you're like, they were on a path anyways. Fine. We just don't have... We don't have rich eccentrics that we worship like this world worships Wonka. And I think it's it's surprisingly fun. And I like the deployment of the news. I like watching the grownups become more and more despondent where they're like, we're just not going to do responsibilities. Like Veruca Salt's dad is just like, you know what I'm not going to do? Run my entire factory so I can run yeah, a chocolate sweatshop. Shuts down his entire peanut shelling operation <laughs> and then offers like, by the way. Whoever get whoever gets my daughter a golden ticket gets a pound and a half more. You're like, yeah, wow, what? And the a rest of you benefactor. get bullets out back. No, um, do you think <laughs> Mister Salt was like, I'm gonna go through with this? Do all because that's what my son said. He's like, well, that's a waste of chocolate. And I was like, that's right, son. That's right. You're a Charlie, oh. maybe. But 
Because he was just mad people weren't eating the chocolate. Neither here nor there. Do you? What do you think Mr. Salt was prepared to do when they didn't get the golden ticket and he just had to live with Veruca? Was this going to also be like another like murder-suicide subplot? I was just going to say I probably would have been a murder-suicide. Like, I sure. think Veruca goes apeshit and kills everyone. It's like the worst part, too, is like the mother was such an enabler as well by being just like, you're going to be very un. un oh, she's just doing crochet here. because she's not important. Fully checked out. She's not she's not like she's like, I'm just here to fucking also get my checks crochet or needlepoint. And then all of this hate and anger is pointed directly at father factory owning father popular around here. RS, if you don't find that going like it's. There's five in the whole world, and it's not like a thing of like, oh, like he's just, you know. Yeah, he's around. trying, but Veruca's not. But I just, I love the what it's doing to grownups, right? Like, the, there's that wonderful moment where Charlie, because this guy from Peru, why did it have to be Peru, right? Not one of the whites fucking counterfeiting, but uh, this <laughs> guy from Peru, this Generalissimo, right? He gets busted with a gold, and Charlie finds his fucking gutter coin. Yeah, there's a lot of other like mysterious like we'll talk about this man, but he finds gutter coin. He gets a scrum diddly umptious bar, right? He goes back. and He's like, you know, what? I need to buy one for Grandpa Joe. That guy yeah, works hard. He deserves it. the chocolate. Yeah, he housing eats his own like, chocolate. You get a stomachache. You know, what's really fucking wild about this scene, too. He's eating it after he specifically knows the contest is over. Yeah. What he really wants in that moment is because it comes directly after he gets shamed in class. Yeah. He's spending this little gold coin. Charlie, who is not a greedy kid at all, runs in and like a fucking maniac houses the fucking scrum diddly umptious. Yeah. Specifically because he wanted to open just one more bar because he had just been insulted for his poverty. Which is fucking wild moment in the movie. For the and billionth then, time in his Yeah, life. and then the Charlie kicks back and he's like, I better get one for Grandpa Joe. He works hard. This whole movie reminded me of that sketch that Will Ferrell did on SNL where it's like uh, dissing your dog. It's like, no, Horace, stay on the recliner. Oh, no, you had a busy a... day. Yeah, getting oh, wait, chewed no, out by your that's boss. me. That was me. You sat here licking your own balls all day. That's what, how I feel about Grandpa <laughs> yeah. Joe. But in that moment, right, he's like, the ticket's a fake. He opens it and he sees it. There's this wonderful musical undertone. Followed by this kind of startling moment where grownups just start grabbing Charlie. Just hounding him. And he's holding on, right? Because this reminds me of Disney adults where it's like, Disney is made for fucking children, you monsters. Right? It's not for you to go and buy $25 mimosas and get a picture with Grogu. Right? Disney is made for fucking children and if your giant dumb groups of bodies are blocking it for children and parents who are trying not to kill themselves and their children you are a fucking plague on society that's my thing on disney adults but neither there but you watch these grown-ups are like ah they're trying to get it right they're trying to rip the ticket from the child which it is supposed to be for them right and it's kind of this scary scene, and the guy who, like, works him for, like, a nickel a day is like, hey, I'll be good now. Get out of here, Charlie. And he runs off, right? And then it's like, we're back to it. But that moment of the grown-ups, like, converging, right? Disney adult style. Fast pass? I want fast pass. I need to go to I the want, front of the line. I have to go to the Guardian of the Galaxy ride. Yeah. I'm 35 years older and have a vlog. I'm more important than the five-year-old who only comes here once a year. Or once ever, I'm the important one. It's like, all right, get your fucking one size too small shirt and fast pass. You deserve it. Neither here nor there. <laughs> Seriously, fuck Disney adults, though. Like, that's a fucking mental sickness that we need to add to the fucking manual. Neither here nor there. I was going to ask you, why does Wonka go through this elaborate ruse? Like, this is clearly all fixed, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously. There's no contest. Because there's there are a couple key evidence, right? Slugworth is always right there. Well, Slugworth, air quotes. He's Slugworth always right, right there. there when they find it. The fact that it's always children that find it. And I don't... Well, I wonder why no one thinks it's suspicious that the last golden ticket is found right in the shadow of Wonka's tower. Do you assume it's because... I mean, in this, I mean it's, the, it's the 70s, so like to me, it's like, well, that's an easy... But for me, I think people are so 
maniaed up with Wonka. No one was paying attention. Like, you know. Well, also, they no didn't have YouTube and shit back then where people are scouring over shit, the news like, footage. If people were, yeah, if, like this was happening now, it would be like, look at that. That one that guy with that very distinct scar yeah. is literally everywhere. Dude, Charlie runs from the mob and Slugworth is just on the route he would run to his house. So, like, they've been spying on Charlie. I'm just saying, because I, I get the theory of the movie is that there is this magical extra element, right? Right. That Willy Wonka is essentially a Time Lord who can kind of go wherever he wants. Right. So I don't believe that the golden tickets actually exist in candy bars. I think they appear when the right children are selected. I think what's interesting, too, is like we always like if it happened now, everyone already would have known what Slugworth looked like. So if someone was like, I'm Augusta Slugworth or whatever his name is like, no, you're not. I can Google it right now. I know you're not Augusta Slugworth. (laughs) False Google. But not even that. We just. Why? It begs a more important question, right? Has Willy Wonka been searching for kids he wants to kill and then a poor to give his factory to? So he's like, I got to find four kids I want to murder for what mostly are pretty minor childhood infractions. And then one poor that I can scare by showing his four friends be gotten in front of him who will run the factory exactly as I want and not have any of his own... Because Willy Wonka talks a big game about a world of imagination. What does he specifically say? Charlie, I need a child so they'll do things my way. Grownups come in and have their own ideas and won't do exactly what I want. The little poor boy who watched his four friends Maybe murdered precoci- will. Perhaps it is the precociousness of Charlie and the willingness no. to believe. And I think it's the st- fucking taut chain <laughs> of fucking and poverty. And also steal the world. And also steal the world's world's like first major sodies, sody pop. Yeah, that was I, Grandpa I, Joe's I, infraction. I'm convinced that was Grandpa Joe. But what I'm saying well, is technically, Charlie created. Yeah. So Charlie if Wonka sets up these golden tickets as like a magical, I just need five kids. You're telling me there's not four other poor, kind-hearted kids in the entire world. And we could have done a fucking Hunger Game, literal Hunger Games, a literal Hunger Games, a fucking five impoverished kids with hearts of gold, and they could have out-niced each other. But instead, Wonka's like, I got to have four I can murder, right? And then we, the audience, are like, Baruch Assault's kind of a jerk. Kill her! (laughs) Even though it's 100% What's crazy is, like, like, there's an added element of... uh, when I, like I read the book, there's an added right. element of death to the version in the movie. Like the book, have you ever, have you read the book? A long time ago, in elementary right. school. So yeah. the book, all the kids survive. They just look different. They're just. Weird. They say that he says they survive the moment they exit the factory because the factory exists outside of reality. Well, no, in no, no, in the in the book, like when they're in the great glass elevator hovering above the factory, they see them exiting the exit. Right. They do that in the Tim Burton movie. I'm saying in this movie, they specifically say the moment they exit the factory, they'll be returned to their normal, horrible, terrible. Right, right, right. They're they're obviously miserable people. So as Wonka has shown us, we do not believe him. This movie is like they're dead. They're 100 percent dead. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think that's the thing is like in the movie, all of these um, Wonka's factories like the Vatican. It's like this is an island onto itself where we can definitely do child crimes. All these penalties. Well, I mean, he's got, you know, he's got slave labor in the factory that he's pulled off for years. But um, (laughs) all of these. The Oompa Loompas are like, somebody help us. He's like, (laughs) and he blows the Oompa Loompa Doompa Dee Doo. I have to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no. Um, they need the it, underground Wonka Railroad, dude. They got to get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Yeah. Instead of the Great Glass Elevator, it's the, yeah. Great, Wonka, the Great Wonka Railroad. No. Well, you're um, flying out of the sky, dude. We got to follow the but big like, difference. Every single one of the... Um, every single one of the like penalties for being a gross little kid in the movie comes with like an element of death. Like, yeah. Oh, you're going to, Oh, Augustus will get poured into the boiler. Uh, Violet will literally explode into human viscera with blueberry parts. Unless they juice her. Unless they juice her. So question mark weird. That's a scene. I don't need. (laughs) 
That's a porno that someone has made for sure. Uh, oh! <laughs> I mean, you know. That's one of those, I think I downloaded the wrong version of Willy Wonk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's one of those. Everyone's like, running around looking hmm. like Smurfs. Huh, that's weird. Yeah. This XML file certainly makes me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> my name's Jenna Jameson Beauregard. Oh, my God. Veru- Veruca, like, you might get, like, okay. burnished, like, burned Let's to death. Let's do this, though. If you're ranking witch kid, no one on earth is sad that Veru. Like, this is the thing. I was telling my wife about this. Oh, I was writing a stand up like, joke about this. There's a win. And I was like, as your kids get older, you start to meet, like, a lot of other kids, right? And there's this kid in my son's grade. He's fairly tall, right? He's just going to be like a tall, handsome, blonde, like probably good at everything, right? His parents were probably like that, but he's a little fucking piece of shit. And it's weird. If, if parents know this. You'll just see kids where like you have like real animus towards them. And he looks at me like I'm a piece of shit. He looks at me like I work for him or some shit. Right. And I don't. I have no interactions with this kid ever. But sometimes you just lock eyes with him and you're like, I told Amy, I was like, I can't wait to read the article where that kid gets busted, like, date raping at a frat. Like, you're like, he's in third grade, and I can look at his dumb, stupid face and his attitude and yep. totally fucking forecast forward the monster he's going to become. Absolutely. I think if we're ranking the kids, everyone who watches this movie is glad the world doesn't have Veruca. 100%. I think that is a, that's a bell that can't be unrung. That's a big bonus for life, yes. She's going to be a terrible, horrible person her whole life. Her parents have completely fucked it from the jump. Does that mean Mike TV needs to fucking die because he likes TV? I think Mike and we've kind of aged into this. Now we're the parents that are constantly battling screen time. Do any of us still well, think Mike I TV think that, needs to die? I think Mike TV is... I mean, again, to me, like... The penalties for the kid, like the kids are these like innocent, like honestly, the kids are these innocents. It's the parents who are all just trash. Yes, this is my point, though. The parents are the ones who should be getting murdered in front of their children. It should be an Ebenezer Scrooge. Like you watch Mr. Salt get his fucking fat body ripped apart. And it's like, Veruca, this is your last chance. There's going to be an Oompa Loompa in every tree with binoculars, making sure you're not a piece of shit. But this I mean, thing, Violet Beauregard, what's her thing? She's they're all a little rude, right? The thing Fine. is that she's just she likes she's, to chew she's gum. Gross. She, she takes gum. the gum that is not ready. Does she need to fucking be juiced? A fucking child? Augustus Gloop is a fucking glutton. Glutton. When we are introduced to him, his father can't take time from stuffing his <laughs> fucking mouth. A microphone. He eats a fucking microphone. What fucking chance does Augustus Gloop have? And then you put him in a fucking room full of candy and say, here you go. Hey, make sure you're very mindful of your surroundings. No, he's just going to house himself. Yeah, exactly. Like you wouldn't take me and put me in a fucking factory where everything was made of fucking Taco Bell and cigarettes and expect me to be on good behavior. That was actually you wouldn't do that when during the pure imagination like montage. He's the only kid who like sits down to eat. He's just like, yeah. like oh, an eating throne. Good for you, bud. He probably gathered yeah. all his treats. Imagine a fucking place that is so designed to get you. It's like, oh my god, they have fucking camel lights on her camel camel blue on every tree, <laughs> right? Oh, chili cheese burrito fucking bushes. Oh my god, is that a stripper corner? Like what? Like what? <laughs> What? <laughs> what your, are we doing? Your imagination's not so pure, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> oh my god, is that a light beer waterfall? <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna be a really good guy and control myself. And then he falls in the river and he's like, My chocolate! And it's like you My beautiful chocolate. This is the, the Help, beauty of Wonka is that <laughs> as it? he's murdering children, Gene Wilder's so charming and yeah. the kids are so off putting that we kind of cheer. I would argue, other than Veruca, none of these kids should have gotten more than a talking to. <laughs> Definitely not so. death in a fucking song. Don't like the Oompa Loompas are essentially doing Fortnite on their dead bodies, <laughs> where they're doing like little emotes and fucking songs, and you're like, that's wild. They're doing that thing that in World of Warcraft, when people would like dance on people's like try to like, um, yeah. What's the phrase when you nut drop? Just lost all your kid. fucking loot. You're dead. And while you're yeah. respawning, everyone's teabagging you and dancing. That's yeah, what the Oompa Loompas are doing, right? They're doing that little Fortnite dance that my kids do. 
gotcha, bitch. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> I just, it's, the, the whole setup of this movie is fucking ridiculous and bizarre to me. But yeah, I was like, I don't think the kids are that bad. I don't think the kids are that bad. I think it's their parents who need, we need, an, uh, we need, again, we need my idea where it's the fucking adult factory. <laughs> Where it's just fucking sad and miserable, and then we start fucking destroying ourselves, and everyone's like, yeah, should have seen that coming. <laughs> if it was the adult factory, none of us. <laughs> they'd be like, hey, let's get on this uh, boat. I'm like, fuck that. I am staying here. My God. Some dad just turns around, and it's like fucking Ashley Madison on it, all the phones. He's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But I, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny, man. Um, the Oompa Loompas, obviously iconic. Love the Oompa Loompa songs. We used to sing those to I mean, each look, other all the time. Visually, this movie is just incredible. There's it never going to be a time. You we haven't talked about some of the great scenes we got left as we're running out of time here. That riverboat scene is a fucking insane thing that to be in the middle of this movie. That scene is out of a different movie. There's I'll tell not, you this. It's not in this movie. I'll tell you this. When they said Tim Burton was going to redirect like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory... Mm-hmm. I was so excited, and the first thing I thought is, I was like, I can't wait to see what he does with that boat scene. Yeah. And in the theater, watching what he came up with, this horrible, cartoonish, it was like one of the scenes in The Hobbit. I was like, that is one of the most disappointed I've ever been in a movie theater in my life. Not the movie on mass, but that boat scene, I was so fucking sick and despondent about what he did, Right. It reminded me of like Prometheus, like from when I saw the trailer to like when I was in the movie. I was like, oh, no, this isn't going to work. Um, Tim Burton's riverboat scene is one of the greatest swing and misses. Yeah. It's like well, Gus I Van Zandt's Psycho where you're just like, it's just movie, such a pale, shitty that, comparison. The riverboat in Dude, the they show a chicken getting so, beheaded, uh, yeah, bugs getting snake, eaten. Snake going across. Like there's things in that movie you're like, God, dude, the 70s was fucking metal. This is yeah, a they're movie. fucking going for it, dude. They are yeah. gonna make you. Every movie has to have a little of that French connection. <laughs> there's like fifteen. There's like a group of like fifteen parents that are sitting and they're like, "Oh, cool, this part's for me. Great, thank yeah. you." Yeah, a couple yeah. parents are having flashbacks. Yeah, Grandpa Joe's loving life. A couple of parents that ain't tobacco. Totally, he's you know, on every day. Orange during Vietnam. We're like, oh, cool. I'm down. Well, no, they're just all fucking like they live in a bed that's just full of fucking four Jankum pods, dude. They're getting high every time they lift the covers. It's just all fucking fermented bowls of shit in that bed. So Grandpa Joe's always high. That's why he has the audacity to dance his way past his fucking daughter-in-law to go fucking take the factory tour, that piece of shit. God, I hate Grandpa Joe. I fucking hate, hate Grandpa Joe. He's right up there with, like, Franklin in Texas. Like, there are just people that really bother you in a movie for right or wrong. Franklin, I don't think, deserves it. I think Grandpa Joe deserves it. Grandpa Neither Joe deserves all the hate. But that boat scene, it's just fucking... And that's the other thing. I wrote down all these little lines that uh, Wonka has. Like, he's just this, like, wonderful kind of tour guide, right? Like, we never actually know exactly where he's sitting. I just, I just fucking love this bit, right? And I think it's such a beautiful kind of... We never fully know what we're doing, right? What does he say? There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. The danger must be growing. growing. The rowers must and keep on rowing. Certainly haven't shown any signs that they are slowing. Oh, dude. I mean, chills every time. And then he's just like, stop the boat. We're here. It's, Quite right, sir. Stop the boat. It's this perfect encapsulation of what this movie's doing, right? Where Because I, I love the tidbit. There's that behind-the-scenes tidbit that, Wonka's first approach was totally a Gene Wilder invention or a choice of his character is that he wanted to limp out and do the role, right? Yeah, yeah. That He's was like, his, I really want to do name. that because then for the rest of the movie, no one can trust Willy Wonka. They don't know where he is or what he's doing. Love that. This scene is like the perfect encapsulation of what I love. I Just watching his face where there's like this, this boy boyish mischief that's like kind of fun. But then you're like, this is fucking gnarly. Like, this doesn't feel okay. <laughs> I just, I, I love that. Love this bit. I love everything in this movie. Let's finish up here. I especially love the fucking scene at the end. Good day, sir. You get nothing. Oh, yeah, it's that's um... fucking amazing. 
in his half and office. Grandpa it's Joe your- reveals his true self again. You're a monster. You're a crook. <laughs> Slugworth wants an everlasting cob stopper. He'll get one. Like right, because Grandpa okay. Joe is a fucking maybe the crustiest old adult we've That's ever seen. That's how you know all the kids are plants. By the way, the everlasting gob stopper is like for children with very little pocket money. I'm like. Okay, so that's why he's here. Got it. Thank you. That's right. You could have ended it at the inventing room. <laughs> I just still think if you're going to do this magical escapade, do a Hunger Games and get five poor kids with hearts of gold. If you know you're just going to pick Charlie, I don't. I think it's weird that he's like, I have to kill these kids in front of Charlie to really solidify. Really? That one, he's in danger. Everyone in his family, like he's moving the family to the factory, so he has people to kill if Charlie blows it. Like the yeah. first time, Charlie's like, "What if we mixed the chocolate by a uh, rain shower?" And Willy Wonka's like, "Oh no, Grandma Marge is dead, dead, dead." <laughs> yeah, <right>? yeah. <laughs> like you could see her corpse in the juicing room, and Charlie's like, "Sorry, Mister Wonka, chocolates." Waterfalls are the only way to churn chocolate. Yeah. That's what I thought, Charlie. But it is. It's like, I don't think you have to fucking do the murdering children. I think if you really are just, if you just want Charlie, just say, hey, man, look at your house and look at your life and look at these four fucking ridiculous old people. Look at your mom still crying, right? Because you didn't choose her and you're a fucking horrible son. Um, Would you rather come just be my protege? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. You don't have to kill all the fucking kids. Doesn't make as good of a movie. But it does no. add this layer that Wonka's like, it's kind of Cabin in the Woods like, where he's like, before there can be the next Wonka, there must be sacrifices made. <laughs> and then Charlie's just the virgin that gets to live at the end somehow. Fair enough. Maybe Wonka's the virgin that dies in the last scene and then the world is saved from the Elder Gods. Neither here nor there. That scene, though, Gene Wilder just going full ape shit. Loved it. Him and Grandpa Joe, just real fucking acting tennis. Love that. I fucking love the bit where Charlie puts the gobstopper down. But I wanted to reiterate this point. It's one of those moments where you're like, God, I love fucking Charlie so much in this movie. But also there was a point where like I was looking at my kids like, see, he's a good kid. And then I was like, no, no, this is all stupid. What this movie is telling us is to train our kids to just eat shit all day, every day, and not expect anything for themselves. Like, he's turning down game-changing money that could help his fucking family who has the saddest lot in life. Because this weird-ass chocolatier who just murdered four kids in front of him is like, you touched a fizzy soda, good day. Yeah. Yeah, take that money. 99 out of 100 times... 999,999 out of a million times, you ain't getting a chocolate factory, brother. Yeah. Take that fucking money. So it is one of those weird things as a parent where you're like, is this a lesson I want to teach my kid? It's, it's one of those watching the movie shift from like childish joy to like, wow, this movie is fucking dark. There's a lot of fucking ramification. I love movies that let me start thinking beyond the boundaries of the movie. Yeah. Like, does Wonka have, like, dossiers, like a half-file cabinet full of dossiers of which kids he wants to murder? Did he handpick right. these? I – it's kind of one of those moments where you're like, I love Charlie so much, and also I love this kind of fucking bizarre dark world that we've set up. Same. It's a – it's a thrill ride when you're older and a little bit of a horror movie, but it is, like, really full of whimsy when you're a kid and you can – again, it's – it's one of those that's that's why it's a great it's why it's a five star movie because it is it changes for everyone it moves through time it's, it's yeah. impressive the secret ingredients right gene wilder for sure charlie for sure the sets are stunning right i love the world building i don't think the world building gets nearly enough credit and it's kind of like you just you mix them all together and you churn them you know like the candy man can with his waterfall yeah. and it's just this fucking rise? thrilling ride And it's one of those movies, and a lot of people say this about a lot of movies, and I don't find it to be true. I do think Wonka changes every time I kind of come back to it. It is like watching a different movie for me every time I come back. And I I always love that. Like, my grandma, my Nana's favorite movie was David Lynch's Dune, weirdly. And she's like, every time I watch it, it's a new movie, and I find something else to love. And I was like, in David Lynch's Dune? 
But that was her thing. And I think Wonka has that effect to me. There's so much going on and so much to love. I don't know know that we can properly ever sing its praises, right? We're just here kind of like fucking having jokes about it. I was like in tears watching this, like just sharing it with my kid. I thought was amazing. Yeah. Don't touch the chocolate, Hank. (laughs) All right. That's our cue to wrap up. (laughs) What an amazing movie. Dude, it is wild to start being like, how would my kid get killed by Willy Wonka? Uh, Neither here nor there. I hope you guys all loved it as much as we did. I hope you'll join us for our final cinematic dessert, Amelie. I hope uh, that you'll go to Patreon and join us for our Patreon exclusives there this month. And next month in December, when we stuff your stockings, all of our patrons will get a select a movie. We will have a randomized selection process. And uh, I think six or seven of their picks will become the episodes that fill out our schedule next month. So this is a great time to join us over at patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. We appreciate it. The email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. The YouTube filmalchemist. We're on all the socials you're on. Make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews. And please, 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 if you know someone who likes Willy Wonka or just movies in general, send them this episode, man. Let them know what we're... Or candy. That sounds weird. We don't want to be like the guys in the van like, we got candy. We got pod candy. Um, but yeah, let them know what we're doing. We'll take it from there, man. Let them know we're out here. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for being our little Augustus Gloops and guzzling down our episodes the way that a cow does. Until next time, for the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dean.